Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There have been a few times in my life where finances were a major stress point. Studies have shown that financial stress is one of the leading causes of divorce in this country. When, when I was a pastor, I would take couples through premarital counseling. And, and I really thought that premarital counseling was a real key to getting a, a couple on the, on the right foot in their marriage. Um, and, and for me, it was so important that I, I would actually take them through six to eight weeks of, um, of counseling. And we would cover a number of different topics. I would ask a number of different questions. Uh, we would go through personality tests and, and love language tests and all kinds of things. We, it really was uh, quite an ordeal. Um, and I would spend a couple of weeks on just this very topic of debt and what stress can do to a marriage. Uh, I can remember times when the weight of, of debt in my life was so heavy that I, I can actually remember driving to work knowing that I, I only had the gas in my tank to get me through the week. And so I mentally would kind of ration it out and kind of go through and go, okay, I'm going to you know use this much to get to and from work and I'm going to you know need to do this. And and, and, you know, I would have no money for lunch or whatever. And I can, I can, I can remember a time that I literally had $1 in my wallet and it seemed like so much money. I can, I can, I mean, I, I didn't want to spend the dollar because then I kind of knew I would have nothing, you know, and I, I, I was thinking through all the different ways that I, that I could spend the dollar, you know, boy, and maybe I'll, I'll get lunch today. Could I, you know, get a Snickers bar? Cause that's more filling than, you know, something else or whatever. And just not wanting to spend that dollar and thinking this is my last dollar. And later as, as a lead pastor, I led several groups through Dave Ramsey's financial peace university class. Now, many of you may have gone through that. Uh, it, it is wonderful. Um, many within the church, uh, were set free from financial debt and, and put on a, on a path toward it at least, uh, they, you know, Dave Ramsey's not a sponsor by the way, this podcast, but I would highly recommend Dave's materials. If you find yourself or even know of someone who has gotten themselves into debt. Now, Proverbs 22, seven says this, the rich rules over the poor. And the borrower is the slave of the lender. It is important that we do what we can to not get ourselves into this kind of position. Our founding fathers knew that a temptation of our kind of political system was that eventually politicians would buy our votes with our own money. They literally would say this, that there's going to come a time when, when we would, we would vote for somebody, maybe because they are going to give us free college or whatever, that, that they would literally buy our votes with our own money. 
And we we see actually this kind of thing happening today. Uh, The Daily Citizen writes, the United States Senate has uh, approved a $1 trillion infrastructure spending bill, as well as a $3.5 trillion budget resolution for other social programs. The infrastructure bill now goes to the House, and this this was actually written just a couple weeks ago. Uh, while the budget resolution will be used for various Senate committees to draft legislation to be considered this fall, neither the Senate approval amounts nor ultimate passage in the House of the Representatives is guaranteed. Now, as as Christian families look at, at certain national debt, w- which now stands at over $28 trillion, did you hear what I said? Our national debt, our current national debt, now stands at $28 trillion. They are rightly concerned. These families are rightly concerned about what this additional spending might do to their pocketbooks, as well as what, you know, leaving such a large debt for their grandchildren will do to their quality of life. In addition to economic issues, the bill raises further questions regarding the protection of unborn babies, religious freedom, and and sexual orientation, and gender identity issues. Now, as far as the the infrastructure bill goes, the Senate voted 69 to 30 to approve the infrastructure bill, which has been negotiated by a, as they call it, bipartisan group of senators in consultation with the White House. Now, 19 Republicans, yes, I said it, 19 Republicans joined the 50 Democrats in voting for the bill, which approves $550 billion in new spending, along with $450 billion in continued spending for programs previously approved and budgeted through the end of September. Now, if you thought infrastructure, quote, infrastructure, uh, consisted of roads and bridges, right? That's that's infrastructure. You're only partially correct. <laughs> the, the the new $550 trillion worth of spending breaks down like this. First of all, roads and bridges and major projects like that, $48 billion. Okay. Transportation and safety programs, $11 billion. Public transit, such as Buses, trains, $39 billion. That does not even include Amtrak, by the way, which is $66 billion. We are subsidizing Amtrak to, to the tune of $66 billion. Electric vehicle infrastructure, which basically what this is doing is this is putting up charging stations wherever they can. We're spending $7.5 billion to do that as a government. This isn't private. This isn't some store who, you know, wants to get more people into their parking lot or whatever. This is government taxpayer money, $7.5 billion. Schools, buses, and ferries, $7.5 billion. Recon- uh Reconnecting communities is what they call this next one. And it's, it's basically, it's, it's like, um, it's, it's highway projects. So um, working on, on different highways, only 1 billion <laughs> of the infrastructure. Uh, airports, 
ports and waterways. $42 billion. Resilience and Western water infrastructure, which is like protecting power facilities from natural disasters, $50 billion. And clean drinking water, which is basically it's like we, we have to replace lead piping systems, $55 billion. High-speed internet. Get this. High-speed internet. Again, this, we're not talking about a company. We're not talking about a high-speed company here. We're not talking about a cell phone company or whatever, you know, we're putting in 5G, whatever. This is high-speed internet, $65 billion. Environmental uh, reclamation. Which is basically, it's like Superfund cleanup projects, $21 billion. Power infrastructure, modernizing the electrical grid, $73 billion. So what are the impacts of the infrastructure bill on families? Well, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the, the CBO, last week, and again, this was actually a couple weeks ago, said the $1 trillion infrastructure bill would increase federal budget deficits by $256 billion over 10 years, according to Reuters. Now, David Ditch is, uh, is with the Heritage Foundation, and he says that if the CBO's numbers are accurate, the infrastructure bill will add $2,900 to each household's share of the national debt. So right now, your household, if this is passed, and this makes it into law, that your portion your share of the national debt will increase by $2,900. That's what you will owe. Which, if you actually look at how much you currently owe, because, I mean, it's not at zero, right? Right now, you currently owe for your household. Your portion of the national debt national debt is $220,000. $220,000. So if you want, if, if, if there was a bill that Congress today said, Hey, um, we're going to pay off the national debt. We're going to, we're going to get back down to zero. We're not going to owe anybody anything. Um, we, we have to clean up our books. Uh, China's calling in our, uh, our note, whatever the case may be. Um, and we would all have to chip in our share. Your family's share would be $220,000 for your household. Now the CBO uh, projects, uh, projects that the, the federal government, even before this bill is considered, will spend $3 trillion more than it takes in just this year alone. That deficit spending has to be financed through the sale of government bonds and, and other instruments, which then creates not just the, the, the duty to pay off those bonds, you know, eventually, but to pay interest on them in the interim. One of the biggest line items in our budget federally is interest on our national debt. Anyone who has overspent on credit cards knows the 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 bind that puts that it puts you in. More and more of our income goes to paying off the debt and unless you make hard decisions to cut other spending, you soon will spiral yourself into major problems. It's the same for the federal government which Ultimately, it looks to you and me to help get it out of a jam it, that it literally created itself. It's a matter of good stewardship. Uh, on, on top of, of all of this, the bill also raises 
questions concerning religious freedom. Now, under this section concerning high-speed internet that I that I brought up, uh, which uh, funds $69 billion in new spending, the law imposes a non-discrimination requirement on the, the potential recipients of the money because of its inclusion of sexual orientation and gender identity as protected classes. So they, they've put a stipulation on this money. So th- According to experts with the Religious Freedom Institute, this means that rural faith-based colleges and universities and small faith-based businesses and religious hospitals and medical clinics sometimes provide the, the only health care services for miles. These could be forced to violate their, their religious um, you know, conscience or, or be denied participation in the program. Now there's 3.5 trillion dollar budget that that's that's also a, uh, a part of this. The the Senate uh, passed just strictly on partisan, so it's a it was a 50-49 vote. What is called the the Democrat budget blueprint. It would amount to 3.5 trillion dollars in even more spending on some of the less favorite projects, including everything from combating climate change to Free preschool and free community college is aimed, according to the New York Times, at creating the largest expansion of federal safety net in nearly six decades. Now, because the budget resolution was part of a process called reconciliation, <laughs> under Senate rules, it, it it does not have to receive the 60 votes that other legislation does in order to get past the 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 hurdle known as as closure. So in in reconciliation the bill only needs a majority to pass is what it, is is what I'm saying. The budget the budget resolution may have been one-sided in the end, but that doesn't mean that there weren't some victories on both sides in the process. Consideration of the resolution includes a thing that they call vote-a-rama. <laughs> kind of sounds fun, right? Vote-a-rama, like something you'd, you'd do at the fair. <laughs> um, it, vote-a-rama is a, is a marathon event where each side of the political aisle can offer up an unlimited number of amendments to be voted up or down in, in, in basically quick succession. Uh, although the amendments are not binding, because of the legislation implementing the resolution doesn't even yet exist, they do intend to sort out where issues can be resolved on a bipartisan basis and which cannot. The good news for pro-life Americans is that uh, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford, um, his, his amendment to add the Hyde Amendment language prohibiting taxpayer funding of abortion to the spending resolution passed by a vote of 50-49, and an amendment ex, uh, expressing support for healthcare workers who don't want to participate in abortions also passed. So that's that's excellent news. However, <laughs> right, there's always the however. However, another pro-life amendment to ban abortion after 20 weeks gestation offered by Louisiana Senator John Kennedy was defeated 51-48. That, that was a very close vote. Now, the resolution's um, passage means that various Senate and House committees, 
will now have until September 15th to draft the necessary legislation to implement the budget, uh, at which time one vote will be taken on the entire package. And at the moment, only $1.75 trillion of the $3.5 trillion budget uh, is, is paid for. The resolution requires increasing taxes on upper income households, an increase in corporate tax rates and, and other offsets. And, and if, if Congress doesn't come up with a way to pay for the remaining spending, the rest will presumably be financed through debt thus increasing the current national debt even further. Now, Heritage Don Ditch uh, calls the $3.5 trillion spending uh, resolution the largest piece of legislation in the history of the world. And, and if so, then Americans are right to put under a microscope and, and, and ask tough questions as to the need for the various programs being funded. Will this huge amount of spending further add to rising inf- inflation rates? Will increasing corporate taxes to pay for these programs, you know, depress business expansion and therefore job creation? I mean, you, you cannot continue to spend like this and not have devastating effects. I mean, one of the things that the federal government likes to do is they like to print money and say, okay, well, if we owe a bunch of uh, dollars, U.S. dollars, then I know let's print a bunch of U.S. dollars and let's pay our debt that way. Well, the problem with that is that it makes the U.S. dollar worth a lot less. And so every dollar that you have in your bank account now doesn't buy as much. Because inflation goes up. Because there's so much money out there. You see, it's the same principle like diamonds, for instance. Okay, Diamonds are, their value is because of their availability. You, they, they could dig up a lot more diamonds. And there's a lot more diamonds uh, that aren't on the market. But what uh, the diamond uh, companies do oftentimes is they will hold these diamonds from going onto the market. Because if they let all the diamonds go onto the market that are out there, then the price of diamonds would go down significantly. And the same thing applies. If we start just churning out the the dollar bills, then inflation is going to go up. That means our dollar is going to be worthless. That happens in other countries all the time. So we can't do that. There, there is consequences to this kind of debt. Of, of additional concern, though, is the language on, on page, get this, 2,149. <laughs> and you can't tell me that these senators read all 2,149 pages. Actually, there's even more than that. But just on 2,149 on that page, which, which makes gender identity a protected class, it reads this. It reads, quote, no individual in the United States may, on the basis of actual or perceived race, color, religion, national origin, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, age, or disability, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, 
or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity that is funded in whole or in part by funds made available to carry out this title. So basically, if you discriminate against somebody in any way when it comes to gender identity, then you are out as far as federal funding goes. Now, in an infrastructure bill, what does this have to do with that? I mean, is this, this is in an infrastructure bill. And some wonder why many of us are so fed up with the federal government. Now, of course, the reason most people get glassy-eyed over budget bills, and, and you're probably already there with this podcast, right, is because nobody can really comprehend billions of dollars, let alone trillions. I mean, how, how do we, we, we've not even come close to that in our personal budget. So how, how can we envision what this means? Well, for perspective, if I gave you $1 million a, a day, it would take you 9,800 years to spend 3.5 trillion. So this bill, if, if, if I gave you $1 million every day of your life, it would take you 9,800 years to spend the 3.5 trillion. If you wanted to pile up 3.5 trillion in $100 bills, so you got these $100 bills, you pile them up one on top of the other, it would be 2,208 miles high. Then, then there is the, the massive debt these spending bills are, are burdening the next generations with. Something that, that many politicians seem just simply impervious to. As moms and dads, we work hard to be carefully um, you know, budgeting and, and spending only the money that we have at our disposal. With, with the uh, ex- exception of a mortgage, we can you know, lose sleep over money we owe on our credit cards and autos and, and student loans, things like that. We have, uh, you know, we have to adjust to live within our means. But Uncle Sam, eh, not so much, or at least it seems. Inf- infrastructure and debt should not be a partisan issue. This bill is the first step toward the Green New Deal, and it adds billions to our national debt on top of last year's emergency COVID spending. And this is, this is uh, directly from Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma. And he noted that, quote, infrastructure is important, but it's not a crisis. The, the better infrastructure policy would prioritize building and, um, and a multitude of projects that we can pay for without additional debt. Now, one of the things that, that every parent goes through, I think, is contemplating the type of world that, that we've, we've brought our children into. We strive to, to help our kids have, have a better life. We, uh, we want them to have a better life than, than what we've had. And we often sacrifice for them to, to make sure that this is the case. Uh, there's a lot of things that we do for our kids to, to, to make the world a better place for them, to make life a, a little easier for them. And, and, and we do these sacrifices for just specifically for them. We also look around us and wonder what it will be like when, when they get to be adults themselves. 
what will the world look like? How will it change from what it is today? Will it be a better place to grow and, and have a family? Will it be a hard place to even exist? We are shackling our, our children and grandchildren with a debt burden that is grossly unfair to them. What is our duty to them? Well, I think we can find this in the Bible. And we can find it in Proverbs 13, 22. And this is from the ESV. And it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You see, leaving future generations with the responsibility for paying off our debt is probably not what the scripture had in mind. Now, you may agree and you may disagree, but I would love to hear from you on the topic. And you can always go to our Facebook page and you can, um, you know, please like us there and, and, and leave us a comment. You can go to Instagram, do the exact same thing, and you can subscribe. And you can, of course, always go to UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.